Less Than 2000. The podcast. Was I too nice to MC Hammer? You were absolutely too nice. After what you did to poor Bill Murray, you're now completely pro-nice to MC Hammer. I think my performance review might have had something to do with that. I think so. So LL Cool J is not getting spared today. (laughs) It just so happens LL Cool J is pretty damn cool. Well, yeah, that's that's the problem. He actually is cool. I don't exactly like his name, you know, Ladies Love Cool J, but... Cool James. You know, but, uh, uh, you know, it's... It is what it is. And, you know, it it works for him. And that's okay. So specifically, we're going to talk about LL Cool J going hard as MC Hammer went hard for one album and it completely tanked. Not just that album, but pretty much his whole career, although it was pretty much dead anyway by that time. LL Cool J was able to come back uh, and actually better than he ever was before. Come back. LL Cool J never stopped. Well, except for 14 Shots to the Dome is one album that nobody ever talks about. (laughs) The irony is I actually really like 14 Shots to the Dome. I thought that was great. Let's go back to his 80s career when he first started out. You know, he started before MC Hammer. He started in the early to mid 80s and and was a big deal. Yeah. I mean, again, I know his first album, Radio, not as huge of a fan of it, but, you know, it was kind of before my time. You know, his 80s stuff just was so, what's the word? Just so minimalist and and i know uh rick rubin was the producer of all that stuff def jam his early stuff uh rick rubin who's a, a legend an icon a co-founder of def jam and did beastie boys and all that early on stuff and really was the pioneer of the early yeah, hip-hop LL cool j saved def jam def jam was a a, a struggling uh, uh label i mean it was it was practically bankrupt I Can't Live Without My Radio and Rock the Bells saved Def Jam for some reason. But we were just talking about this last week. Rap back then was very simple. You can't say, oh, it was simple. It was all simple. You're right. And and Rick Rubin was uh, known as... um the greatest, I, I don't remember who, who was the artist that called him this, was, but he was the great greatest reducer, not producer, reducer, because he would just strip everything down to that very, very basic, you know, drum beat and, and talking. You know what? It. I wish somebody today would be a reducer. Seriously. All this stuff is so overproduced, so synthesized, so fake. Auto-tune everything. We need a reducer. You know what? Screw producers, we need a reducer. That's what needs to happen. We need to start fighting for more reducers in the music industry. So what was that? What was the... I don't think the album was called Bad, but there was an album of him on the front cover that said Bad. Bigger and Deffer, but everybody thought the album was bad. Yeah. But it was actually Bigger and Deffer, but the the front of the album was literally LL Cool J, a parental advisory warning, and then Bad. And again, but the album was called Bigger Endeavor with the with the fashion, with those 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 hats and and the high sneakers and all that stuff. It was classic. It was it was amazing. I mean, if you're going to try to say that MC Hammer had a better fashion, it was a bigger fashion icon than LL Cool J, I'll reach across the table and punch you in the face. Well, let's. I'm not going to say that. Let's let's derail the discussion real quick and say, you know, I'm sorry, but rock the bells on. On Sirius XM, that that ruined the station it, when it was backspin well, back yes. in the day. Yes, that but, was awesome. That the mix was better. You know, backspin was was Ed Lover. was was a way better station channel as a whole. I love LL Cool J. I, I've listened to his stuff for for decades now. 
But I'm sorry. Rip, 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 rock the bells. Radio so, is not so is is like really okay. Come on. Out of everything, out of his whole career, why rock the bells? Radio. I, I mean, he, there was so many other catchy. I'd rather have them use something from 14 shots to the dome <laughs> than rock the bells. Yeah, you know, Mama said would be a good one, and and that's where his career really started for me. Mama said, "Knock you out." That tape again. I remember having that tape and just holding it. The cassette. The cassette was just such a cool thing, such a cool cover, like shirtless, sweaty, and just a badass, really. And and the. the the, the tape was incredible. Uh, it was not produced by Rick Rubin. It was Marley Marl uh, was the producer and, and it just took it to a, a new level. It was harder and deeper, a richer tone, uh, like just this, this awesome just tone to the whole thing it was set it apart from his 80s stuff. He needed, he didn't need another reducer. I mean, that, that, that's why it sounded better. But you completely skipped over uh, Walking with a Panther. Was that an album? 1989 that's the album that came out right before mama said knock you out as i said his career for me started in 1990 with mama said you missed an entire album Uh, you went back to bad or see i'm still calling it bad bad and radio uh but no that's where he had going back to cali Mm -hmm. i mean in that song that that ultimately was a song that that i think really moved his career it started putting stuff into into it into a different light um, the, the music started getting a little bit more produced. Uh, it was just a little bit better. And I mean, people have used, I mean, they still play that song as, as one of his big hits today. You, you know, LL had much more street cred than MC Hammer, no doubt about it. I mean, his uh, father shot his mother and his grandfather and LL Cool J found them. I mean, so well, when he was four tragic. years old. See, that's just tragic. So, so which he's is, got street cred. Which is why he grew up in his, the, his grandma's basement. Right. As he proudly said. Yes. And as, when you're a kid, you're like, why is he growing up in grandma's basement? But then you hear the real story and you go like, oh, that's actually really sad. And he was a, he was a star as a 16-year-old. Uh, I think it was his grandpa bought him a, a, a beatbox machine and, and he was already like, you know, doing it as a teenager. So, I mean, he was so, so cool, like naturally, just yeah. a cool dude and, and so smooth. But still and all the that name, stuff. Ladies Love, what is it? Ladies Love, Ladies Cool Love, James. Cool James. I mean, you know, like. I think it's, you know, LL for short. Well, I mean, thank God he went with LL. If, if he was, if cool he was, Jay. if he was releasing Ladies Love Cool James as like, like his actual full name on albums, nobody would have bought his stuff. You know, he was so talented in terms of, of, I mean, he can straight up rap. I mean, Mom Said Knock You Out, that, that album, like he could do, he could slay people. Um, the song, uh, well, there's Boomin', Boomin System and Murdergram. Um, we're, we're pretty hard and, and, you know, his later transition to 14 shots in the dome, but we'll focus on this episode. See, I love the booming system. I, when they played booming system in, in the hard way, yeah. you know, the Michael J. Fox movie, I was like, yes, that is dope. I love it. Right. I, I mean, probably didn't use dope as a, as a, you know, 14 year old, his, but his transition to the more gangsta style was much more natural. Let's well, just put it that way. My favorite was on, on biography.com that basically said that this album was when he went more street. He didn't go gangsta. This was his street album. It was very street, but it still had that old school hip hop vibe to it. Like he like just murdered cool Modi. I don't know what his deal is with cool Modi, but he just like slayed him verbally. Like now how cool is that? And compare that to, the rap feuds of the 90s where people were getting shot. Motherfucker. 
is we're getting wasted over this. Okay, two people were die, got, you know, ended up deaded over the uh, you know East Coast West Coast crap. And back in the day, you could just Ella was singing, "I need love." He was singing, "I need love," but he would he would diss you know his rivals like Cool Modi, unlike MC Hammer, who miserably failed at evolving because he tried to change his image overnight. LL gradually changed as times went on and he evolved with the times, which is why he is a way more popular artist with way more longevity than somebody like Hammer. I, mean, I can't even believe we're putting them in. I can't even believe MC Hammer and LL Cool J were even put in the same topic originally because they don't even deserve to be. in. One is like something that, you know, that was like, oh, this is fun. And, and you would want to like, you know, Jump up in the club, and then and then there was LL Cool J. Well, hold on, hold on. LL Cool J had all that. He, he had the party music. He had he had the rap kind of you know happy go lucky eighties stuff too. I mean, hardly. I'm bad, and just you know that's like, not that's not no that's not him. That's not club music. That was that was him being got fourteen right. shots to the dome was not, to me wasn't when he went gangsta. He started hard. He started hard, mm. then actually went softer. He went softer, and all of a sudden, he drops I Need Love on his second album. And then all of a sudden, you're getting into Mama Said Knock You Out, which, you know, was I need a love little more terrible. street. I need, I'm not saying it was a good song. I'm just saying he started kind of going, I'm a nice guy yeah. mixed with, you know, some cool stuff to say. And it wasn't then until he got to Mr. Smith where he finally went. To me, that's where he changed. You know, 14 Shots of the Dome. yes. They called it the the more gangsta album, but no, he, he bad, uh, all this other stuff all the way up, and then and then Mr. Smith comes out and it's like you know what? Nope, all romance. Let's just go ahead and we're gonna do doing it and Hey Lover with uh, uh, Boys to Men. Yes, he completely changed. Mr. Smith is where he did what MC Hammer did, yeah. except that he was bringing you to this point. Over the course of years, starting in a separate second album, so it didn't feel weird. It Mr. felt like an evolution. Mr. Smith is is really where he he really came into his own and, and developed the sound. I mean, Mama said Knock You Out is his best one, I think. But I mean, Mr. Smith is where he became the LL Cool J we all know and love. You know that more smooth R and B style, mainly. You know a lot of sex, but a lot of that goes back to again going back to Mama said Knock You Out, the songs Milky Cereal and Jingling Baby, his trademark. Sex songs, you know, six, milky cereal. Six, I mean, six minutes of pleasure. Six minutes of pleasure, exactly. I have a feeling, I don't remember it now that I'm looking at it, but I have a feeling illegal search is not about, you know, police brutality. I, I have a no, feeling. No, it is. It oh, is. is it? Yeah, it oh, is. Oh, it really it, is. Yeah, that, that one is, that one is a, is. It's is not a, it's not a, it's not a, yeah. it's not a sex but, thing. But, but actually, if you believe it or not, the song To the Break of Dawn, I would think that that's about sex, right? To the Break of Dawn, I'm up all night banging it's, her till the break of dawn, right? It's not. It's not. It's, it's, it's another talking song where he's talking bad on other rappers, including, get this, MC Hammer. And this is where there was a small little feud between LL Cool J and MC Hammer. And it all started with uh, Hammer's uh, 1988 album. And he had one line in it. He said something along the lines of, I'm, I'm the baddest there is. I'm, I'm badder than um, DJ Ron and LL. That's, that's all he said. And then, you know, he's just, he's not saying 
LL Cool J sucks. He's just saying, I'm I'm the best rapper, right? And this set LL off? This set LL off. He had this big, long diatribe. I mean, this huge paragraphs upon paragraphs of just shitting all over MC Hammer and saying things like, my gym teacher ain't supposed to be a rapper and calling him Stanley and like just totally calling him out. Like, it's all good. It was all part of the, you know, old school hip hop type battle, you know? Like Beat Street back in the day when they used to like break dance instead of have gang warfare. But I mean, it, it, it's 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 pretty funny to hear them talk crap about. You know, each other. I think only if you actually know anything deep about these artists would you actually know that. I mean, when you think about what happened with with N.W.A. and when Ice Cube broke off, oh yeah, that now that is real beef rapping. That is where they are going to tear you down, rip you to shreds, f*** your world up. Now, I'm harder than LL. All of a sudden sets LL off. (laughs) I mean, off and just trashed him. I mean, that's like every fight we've ever had. I'm mad at you. And then that's it. It's over and done with. (laughs) It was, it was, it was, it was pretty funny to just see, wow, they had a beef and yeah, they, they did. And it's, it was all in good fun, but it was like, you know, man, you, you you better be careful when you come at LL because he'll come back and really I mean he's very creative he wrote all of his own stuff he could just slay you verbally and he did I love fourteen shots to the dome and the reason is that was the first real album Mama said knock you out and fourteen shots to the dome those were the albums I knew and it was like produced not reduced it sounded cool I'm sorry how I'm coming awesome how I'm coming. Uh, you know, uh, ain't no stopping this awesome. Crossroads brought it down. It made you feel something. There were so many things in this album that were 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 cool to me and sounded awesome. I, I still I still remember vividly coming over to your house and hearing it for the first time. And when you put on 14 Shots of the Dome and the first song, How I'm Coming, it was mind-blowing. I was I was blown away by how hard it was and how how lively it was and intense. And, and like you said, well-produced. And again, you put in a CD and that was, you know, pretty cool too. That was the first time I heard it and it stuck with me. Yeah. I will say, I love that song. But I'm sorry. Uh, the, first... the rest of the album, mm, we're, we'll get into it, but I, I don't know. Yeah. But see, you know, you, t- I love it. Again, you're sitting here saying like, oh man, the first time I heard that, it was like so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's like my first CD, which would have been shortly before this, was, you know, Public Enemy's Greatest Misses. Right. You know, with the the, the target on the front. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Public Enemy is hard. Yeah. Public Enemy has a purpose. Their music was... Can't trust uh, it. Was, ...was liberation and speaking out against injustice. 14 Shots to the Dome didn't really do that. It was, it was like listening to your... It was like listening to your grandma talk about how bad things were. Well, it's, <laughs> that's funny you mention that because I lo- as much as I love uh, how it's coming, it's it's marred by lyrics like, word to your grandmother. <laughs> he actually says that. He does. Word to your grandma. A couple a couple other lines. Boom, plow, Batman, bang, pow. He actually says that. And, and that's, that's, that's a lyric I just, in this hard I just, gangster rap song. I just got chills, bro. I just, <laughs> I can't even do that. With, I can't even make a straight. It, so it, that, you know, when you, when you hear, when you hear, you know, word to your grandmother in the same song as songs about murdering you with your nine in your banana clip. I just don't know. I, it's, it's like, it was a great song, but it's just a little bit in between for me. What the f- is up with 
pink cookies in a plastic bag being crushed by buildings. What is that? What title is that? What is that song about? You clearly don't know LL. Now, <laughs> and unlike, unlike MC Hammer, who I've seen live twice, including my first concert ever, um, I have not seen LL live, and but I my, my best memory of any live LL Cool J experience was at your wedding. And I mentioned this to you earlier, and you didn't seem to remember. You were, it was at the very, very end of your reception. Well, th- well that makes sense. That, definitely, definitely. And you and, and, and you were gone. You had like disappeared. Who knew, you know, trying to find not, people rides homes not or Not overly drunk. He meant out the door. No, yeah, out the door. You were not present. Maybe a little drunk. As soon as the the first beat hit to, to Mama Said Knock You Out, you come running and I'm not kidding you in your full on tuxedo and you do the full rap. I mean, you have like a circle around you and you are singing it word for word. And, and I didn't, and I didn't miss a beat. Didn't miss a word. It was amazing. I thought I knew a lot of those lyrics and, but you had it like the whole way. And that was like, that was probably the well, coolest clearly, part of your, like, you know, that's what happens when you have the, 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 you know, when, when you're in that drunk zone, you don't have to think about the lyrics. It just, it just came out. So what have we learned today? Uh, MC Hammer is not as cool as LL Cool J. So yeah, so we learned a few things uh, uh, over the last couple of weeks. LL Cool J and MC Hammer never deserved to be in the same conversation ever again, period. Bow tied. <laughs>